Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. And this is the Life Coach Radio Network, where Russ Terry is our founder and owner of Life Coach Radio Network. And tonight we have a great show with the coach, Valerie Green, where we talk about three mistakes that women make. And, you know, it's one of the things we want to think about uh, when we think about repelling love and the simple formula to have the relationship of our dreams is wondering, do we keep making mistakes in our relationships over and over again? Do we seem to repel your partner versus getting closer to them? Have you ever thought about looking for a formula that have the, to have the relationship of your dream? How would it be to reignite the sparks with your loved one? Well, if you feel like you're in this rut, well, then this show is definitely for you. Here we're going to cover the three mistakes that powerful women make that repel love. We're going to look at the mindset shift that women need to make to attract, reignite, and sustain lasting love. We're also going to look at how to master your emotions and communicate to a man in an inspiring way. And the one skill you must develop to inspire your man to meet your deepest needs and desires. So I'm Coach Gina Sanasardo, founder of Peace, Joy, and You. And I'm so grateful and very humbled to have our expert, Valerie Green, who is a relationship coach, with us tonight. And uh, Valerie, I'm going to go ahead and kind of turn it over to you a little bit so you can introduce yourself and maybe share with our audience the best way to get a hold of you and tell us your website. Oh, thanks so much, Gina, and I am so happy to be here and to talk with you tonight. And so um, my name is Valerie Green, and I specialize in helping men, uh, women to inspire their men to deeper levels of love and intimacy. And um, I am actually offering a free gift to all of our visitors, which can be downloaded at my website, and that's Coach Valerie Green. So that's V as in Victor. A-L-E-R-I-E and green like the color with an E at the end, dot com. And it's forward slash e-guide because um, it's a 20-page it's e-guide that I'll be sharing for free with our listeners mm. tonight. Uh, so you can definitely um, download that for free and you can contact me at Valerie at Valerie <laughs> at CoachValerieGreen.com. So that's easy to remember. And I just look forward to just connecting with you over the next hour and sharing with our listeners how they can reignite intimacy and passion in their lives. Yeah, I think, you know, I think this is so important and it really offers so much value for our listeners. You know, we're, we're all in our relationships and we, we want them to go smooth and to be wonderful and we want to all be happy. And I think a lot of us fall into these patterns or even mindsets, like you're saying, where we're not really clear on what we want or what they want and we don't communicate it correctly. And it, it would be so much easier if there was this sort of formula, like you mentioned, where we can really, you know, learn the accurate tools and communication skills necessary so that the couple can communicate and work together. So Really great. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, so I guess, you know, one of the things I'd, I'd want to start to ask you with is how did you become a relation coach for women? Yeah, thanks so much. I've certainly been on a long journey here um, with my own relationships because, you know, I grew up in the 80s and it was commonly thought back then that men and women were the same. And, of course, you know, I believe we're equal, but as I've learned over the years, men and women just have a lot of different um, vulnerabilities and things that, that hurt us. And I would treat men like I did my girlfriend. So in my 20s, um, I would wind up, you know, I kind of felt controlled as a kid. So I'd wind up attracting men who would just not mind me making the plans and making the rules and managing the household. And, you know, that sounds good, but eventually... I would start to feel overburdened and then I would start asking him for the things that I wanted in a way that I thought was good, but he heard it as me nagging and controlling him and so mm-hmm. he pushed away. And cause I just didn't learn these, you know, communication tools that I now teach. Right. So that really, and I just wonder why the men that I was involved with kept on, you know, sort of seeming distant and like acting like he wasn't that into me after a while. And so that really started me on a transformational journey on how to have a truly connected and fulfilling relationship. And that definitely took years of trial and error in my own relationships. 
And right. I studied many different, you know, emotional healing and communication tools and really use them in the trenches. Uh, and, you know, in my relationships and also with my coaching clients over the past 12 years or so. And so fast forward, you know, that 12 years, and now my love life, I can truly say, is fabulous. And I literally pinch myself on a daily basis with how much love and adoration and support and affection and, you know, connection that I share with my man. And so I really continue to train with pretty much every relationship expert that you've probably heard of. Um, because I felt like they only had a piece of the puzzle in terms of what had worked. Mm. And I combined all of that together in a system that I've used over the years to help my clients have breakthroughs in their intimacy and really inspire their men in their lives to step up and help them feel more loved and cherished and adored. And so that's why I decided to start offering this system to more women because it, I found out that I was pretty much teaching the same tools again and again. And that's why I created the the programs and the courses that I've created for women. So I'm really excited to just share some of those secrets with you tonight. Yeah. Gosh, I'm excited too. This is terrific. No, I, again, this is so important, I think, for everyone to hear and just, you know, great wealth of information, you know. But I have to ask, though, um, what are the three mistakes that you find successful, powerful women make that actually end up repelling love? Yeah, and I love talking about that. Um, and I could probably talk about that for hours. So how much time do we have? <laughs> we have a half hour. <laughs> we have no, we have an hour. We have, we, yeah, we have an hour. We're good. Okay, great. Yeah, so then I could actually really go into them because sometimes I do these interviews yeah, that are like 20 minutes and I'm like, okay, I got to try to. Yeah, you know, no, let's go into that really this way. Yeah, this is your audience, great. really, you know. Yeah, because, you know, I could obviously talk about this stuff all day, which is awesome. And I do. Well, you're very um, passionate so, about it. That's that's what makes it so, you know, important. And I think people can really, you know, pick up on that. And then knowing that it's working in your life really inspires them to want to be a part of your action plan as well. Totally, yeah. So I'm just happy to be here. Um, so great. So the first mistake that I see a lot of women making and especially successful women, and I do want to bust a common myth that men are pushed away by a woman's success because that's totally not true, but a lot of successful women feel that way, um, that men are not intimidated by successful women. But a mistake that I see women making is that they approach their relationship the same way that they approach success in their career. Like I can just take these same principles and apply it to my relationship. And so, mm-hmm. you know, skills that we've all learned growing up um, in school about what it takes to be successful, like analyzing and strategizing and goal setting and really going after what you want. I find a lot of women just approach going after what they want in their relationship the same way with the same attitude. And that actually winds up just killing a man's romantic feelings. Because what's required for romance and passion is that one partner is in their masculine energy and the other partner is in their feminine energy. And so I'm going to, of course, explain all about what that means. Because it's this subtle shift in your vibes, so to speak. It's not like um, they also want to dispel common myths about femininity. It's not about being submissive or passive or, you know, just kind of following along with what he wants either. So do you want me to tell you a little bit about uh, how I see my feminine energy? Yeah, definitely. I think that would definitely help the audience. Yeah, exactly. Because I think, you know, we just really haven't been taught about uh, what it really means to be a feminine person in a powerful way. And so what I find is that a lot of women kind of have taken on the qualities of being more masculine to get what they want. And then they don't realize that that actually pushes their men away. So just listen to these qualities because I'll, I'll, I'll mention them and then uh, you can kind of feel into what that means to you. So I see masculine energy as qualities such as strategizing, logistics, making decisions, accomplishing goals, analyzing, solving problems, and providing so that's kind of masculine energy. And mm-hmm. feminine energy 
Yeah, so it's, you know, it's like an energy. Like when we're going through our day at work, we need to be in our masculine in order to accomplish things. Or even when we're parenting, you know, we're, we're guiding our children what to do. We're being masculine um, in terms of setting the direction. Um, but, you know, obviously parenting is a mix of masculine feminine, as are most things. We need both. Um, but so that's masculine energy. And feminine energy is things like, feeling, being receptive, uh, getting in touch with their intuition, just being, following in a collaborative way, not just blindly following, and really the mm-hmm. spiritual practice of surrender. So not necessarily surrendering just to a man, but surrendering to what's in the highest good for everyone. But that sense of surrender, if that makes sense, is a feminine quality. Okay. In, in an empowered way. And that's just, okay. you know, I so, can say those are really skills that we haven't so much been taught in our culture. Right, right, definitely. Like you said, I think there's a lot of stigmas on what it means to be masculine or feminine. And I think it's interesting how it could be beneficial to clarify what those different types of energy are, when you would use them, when they serve you, when they don't. Um so, yeah, I think that um, part about being educated about it is so important. Yeah, exactly. And I like to kind of compare it to uh, a ballroom dance, you know, so any kind of ballroom dance or partner dancing. Um, mm-hmm. A really good leader, it looks like he's calling all the shots and the, part, the followers is following, but actually what's going on in a really good um, leader is that he's not just leading however he wants. He's actually paying very close attention to how the follower expresses herself in the dance. And he's going to lead in a way that makes her feel good. So it depends on how the follower is expressing herself, how he's going to lead. And that's sort of the paradigm of a really wonderful partner dance, right? Hmm. So it's a collaboration. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. Yeah. Yeah, and I just find that a lot of times women wind up expressing themselves in a more masculine way and then it sort of shuts the man down emotionally and he won't even realize that he's being pushed away. Um, because a masculine man is going to want a feminine energy woman to be the sensual and the feeling and the intuitive partner in his life. And so that means that as women that we could really change hats from being in our masculine at work to really letting my man uh, kind of lead in the relationship and that means collaborating, not just blindly following. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, some men and some women who want to be in the opposite dynamic where he's more feminine and she's more masculine and it works. And even same-sex right. couples usually have a more masculine energy partner and a more feminine energy partner. So it's not like, I don't believe that there's a right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd like the listeners to sort of ask yourself, how do you see yourself in your ideal relationship? You know, are you in action and planning things? And do you want to be in control and make the decisions? And be respected and appreciated for everything that you're doing and ch- and cherishing your man's feelings and intuition? Or do you want to surrender to romance and allowing your man to treasure your feelings and letting yourself experience the receiving and the pleasure and really allowing your man to create more of that romantic structure? So it's really up to each one of us to take some mm-hmm. time to feel into which one of those two we prefer because I don't believe that there's a right or wrong. I just find most women would really prefer to be the feminine partner. And what happens when we kind of step up and tell our man what to do or how we want things to go and try to manage him and, you know, tell him what to do, then, you know, he's not going to necessarily leave, um, but it kills his romantic feelings and then he'll kind of, occupy more of the feminine role and be more passive and then he doesn't do as much because he kind of feels mothered and you know then we have to kind of step up and do everything and I find a lot of women are are kind of caught in that dynamic so that's what happens when we aren't really embracing a feminine polarity that's kind of the first mistake yeah you know I'm wondering as I'm hearing you do you think that women kind of took on that more masculine energy um, just kind of throughout the course of like history and society with 
everything about like equal rights and, you know, women need to do this and do that and that they've embraced it to such an extent that it's now, you know, kind of having negative consequences on them because they kind of went from one extreme to the other or. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously it's just my opinion, but I think what happened is that, um, I, I don't necessarily think patriarchy is about, you know, men having power over women, although obviously it's expressed that way in many cultures. Right. right. Um, but I think, I think patriarchy is about our culture um, prioritizing masculine values. You know, so the values in our culture that are rewarded are the masculine values of, you know, direction, goal orientation, you know, accomplishing things, competition. Those are just masculine values, and those are the things that are rewarded, and the feminine values aren't rewarded as much. So I think what happens um, throughout, you know, at least Western culture in the previous century, in the 1900s, was that women realized that they didn't actually have equal power as men, but because power is defined in masculine terms in our culture, you know, so what happened in the 70s is that women, and rightly so, we claimed our equal rights to power. And, you know, we decided that we can do just as much as men can and we can accomplish just as much as men can. We can have as much power as men can. We can do the same jobs men can. And that's wonderful. Um, and I think that uh, through doing so, we were able to establish power, you know, and, and equality in many cases with men, although obviously um, not just in other cultures, but in our culture that, that transition is still happening, right? Not, I mean, because most women still do make less money than men, and I'm not saying that we have achieved full equality. But even so, the equality is in the masculine realm. And the values of the feminine, like getting in touch with our intuition, feeling our feelings, really being allowed to receive um, that spiritual practice of surrender and collaboration that, that I talked about. Those are there still aren't values that are really honored in our culture, and I think that's what we're seeing mm-hmm. happening and playing out in our political arena at the moment, too. Right. Um, and so right. I really think that, I mean, this hurts a lot of men, too, because... Um, Men can really only be balanced if they're also in touch with their feminine side, meaning that they're able to feel their feelings, which is, you know, how they get in touch with what they're passionate about and what their purpose is, you know. Uh, as you know, as a, as a coach, feeling your feelings is important to see, you know, what you even want. And I think that a lot of men have felt, now that they need to get more in touch with their feminine side in that way. And that's also a good thing for men. So um, I'm not saying that, um, I I guess what I'm saying is that I think the new wave of feminism, so to speak, is really about both partners becoming more in touch with their feminine, not just women. Mm -hmm. But what I am saying is that, I mean, and that gives men a lot more freedom, you know, to not have to be right, breadwinner right. and to really be able to go after his passion and to follow his intuition and, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, for him to really follow a, a spiritual path as well, which is, as you know, is about receiving, um, you know, your, your inner guidance and whatever one spiritual path is. But um, I think for women, a lot of times, what happens in a romantic relationship is that one partner at least when you want to have passion, one partner needs to be in their masculine essence and the other partner needs to be in their feminine in order to have passion. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like this, uh, if you imagine a battery, that the energy kind of flows between two poles. When you imagine that a right. man is really in his masculine, you know, that's what creates passion in him is to be inspired by a woman who's in her sensuality and her intuition and her spiritual surrender and, you know, her receptivity, her joyful receptivity, that's what turns a man on and, and, and makes him inspired to really give her things that would make her happy. And so, you know, I'm not saying that those stereotypes are what we need to occupy all the time, but I find that a lot of women um, just don't know how to be in their feminine when they want to be, when they want to inspire more passion in their man. 
And so that's what I teach in my programs is how to really feel your feelings, express your um, desires in a collaborative way. And, you know, instead of telling him what to do and, and managing him, and really inspire him with the depth of your inner being so that he is inspired to be more in his masculine and become more romantic and giving and inspired um, to spend more time yeah, with so us, it, give us the things that we desire. Yeah, so it really sounds like what you're saying is that, you know, it's I, it's important for people to really learn and understand what the two different energies are, you know, and then really learn how to use them and when to use them so that it best serves them as a couple, right? I mean, essentially, exactly, yeah. I think, yeah. <clears throat> okay, well, guess I, I don't know about the our audience, and um, while we're, while we're kind of just settled in here, I, let me kind of let our listeners know if they uh, want to call in and ask any questions. Our guest call-in number is 646-716-9397, and then all you got to do is press number one, and we will uh, talk with you. But, I again, I was saying I don't know if our audience is, but I'm certainly curious to know what the second mistake is. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, and this is, of course, related, but I've just noticed that mistake number two is in any way trying to control the outcome of what happens between you and mm-hmm. your partner. And so what I mean is, you know, I mean, all of us have things that we want, right? And this is good. We should want things. Um, but it can be as small as, like, wanting, you know, him to squeeze the toothpaste out of the toothpaste tube in the right way. Or it can be as large as a certain style of parenting that we want, you know, to do together. But the mistake that I see a lot of women making is that we tell him what to do. And the mindset shift that women can make to really inspire him to really want to give us what we want um, is from control to collaboration. And so I'm going to talk more about what that means. And, of course, it's one aspect of femininity, but this is something that I think is really important because um, it's a very subtle shift. And I think what a lot of women don't realize is that Whenever we tell our man what to do, even if we're just asking for what we want, like, I'll give you an example. And I'll use a very, you know, simple example. Let's say I'm mm-hmm. angry because my partner didn't do his chores. You know, let's say that I'm cleaning the kitchen and he's supposed to clean the bathroom and he didn't. You know, so a lot of us experience that if we tell him, you know, hey, you didn't clean the bathroom, it's just an innocent thing that we say, I mean, he agreed to do it, why shouldn't we say that? Um, right. There's nothing wrong with saying that, of course, but what happens when we say that is that he actually hears that we're making him wrong, and he hears it as nagging, because we're telling him what to do, and men are so sensitive to that, that it's going to make him less likely to want to clean the bathroom just because of the way that we ask. Like right, right. Being disrespectful. So instead, the shift of collaboration is really just learning how to express our feelings and needs in a way where we're not telling him what to do, but we're sharing what it is that we're feeling and what it is that we desire and what it provides for us because men really are providers. So if you ask for what you want without saying what it provides, he hears that, he hears that it's controlling. You know, but if you say what it provides for you, then you let him feel the happiness that you're feeling when it gets done, and then he gets to take credit for making you happy, for making you feel good. And that's mm-hmm. really what he wants is to make you feel good. He doesn't necessarily want to clean the bathroom. So if you're telling him clean the bathroom, then he's going to hear his nagging. But if, if you take a deep, deep breath and you say something like, you know, hey, honey, I just went in the bathroom and I felt gross and... I don't like feeling gross. And, you know, when when I took a bath last week, it just made me feel so relaxed. I love how relaxed I can feel and replenished. And you know that when I feel relaxed and replenished, we have more fun together. And so I'm just really wanting to do that again. And, you know, how can I support you in helping that happen? You know, so you're just, like, letting him know how you would feel really happy when it's done. Mm-hmm. And... You're, you know, you're asking, you're not telling him what to do. He knows that he's supposed to clean the bathroom. I think a lot of times, like, men just have different priorities than we do. 
and right. he's already in the middle of doing something else. <laughs> so he doesn't need to know that he didn't do it. He knows he didn't do it. But if we remind him in a way that, did you see how I just expressed my feelings and I, I expressed mm-hmm. the experience that I wanted to have and I said it in a way where it led him into the pleasure that I was feeling when that happened. And that's really what inspires him is that he wants to give us pleasure and he wants to make us feel good. And so that'll sort of remind him that it needs to get done without nagging, you know, and then he might be like, right, right. And then, of course, if he doesn't, then you can ask him something like, you know, I want this to work for both of us. Let's say um, what do you need in order for, you know, for this to work for both of us? What do you need? Do you want to be reminded? Do you, you know, do you want to work out some other way? So collaboration is also recognizing that what we're looking for is that experience. We're not necessarily looking to have him take an action. We're looking to have an experience, right? So maybe when he agrees to clean the bathroom, that's not authentic for him, you know? Um, So, like, cleaning the bathroom is a strategy for me to get those needs met of being relaxed and being rejuvenated by taking a bath or feeling Mm -hmm. relaxed and happy when it's clean. Like, those are really the experiences that I want to have. Cleaning the bathroom is a strategy to have that, right? So let's right, we have a conversation right. and he decides that, you know what, I thought that it was okay to clean the bathroom, but it's like that's actually not what he has time for. That's not actually authentic for him to do it. And then, so then it's like, okay, well, so what's an alternative strategy that he can come up with for the bathroom to get clean if it's not him doing it? You know, so you get to plan how things are going to happen and then you can just ask him, like, okay, great. Well, how else can this get done? I mean, you know, maybe he can contribute in some other way, and I'll be happy to clean the bathroom. Like, maybe we could pay for a cleaning person if we have the money, or maybe he can contribute in another way, like giving me massages, you know, and then, like, I'll feel good doing more of the chores. You know, there's a lot of different strategies that we can come up with if we clarify what our deeper needs are instead of being attacked to the particular way of meeting them. So it's really a paradigm shift for women that if you want to be in a relationship with passion and romance, it's not about giving up what you want to experience. It's not about being a wallflower or being something that you're not. It's really just about this mindset shift of giving up control and, you know, being attached to things happening a certain way and gaining collaboration and partnership. Because I've just found again and again that when I've, uh, work with women and help them to approach the way they talk to their man in this more collaborative way, that he actually feels really respected and honored and he'll step up and come up with new ways for things happening and getting done that we w- w- didn't even think of. So, you know, because then he wants to kind of um, be a teammate and make things happen together and that actually instills him with this feeling of passion for you. Yeah, so it sounds like what you're really doing is um, helping him to tap into that kind of need or innate desire to provide or be able to um, allow for that feminine energy to feel those deeper feelings. Um, and then the whole idea about the collabor- the collaborative kind of strategizing, um, I like how you're talking about kind of finding an alternate way to get those deeper feelings that you want, you know, it's to have the replenishing and the relaxing. And if it's not going to get done to the bathroom, okay, how else can we make this happen? So also being able, like you said, shifting the mindset so that you could look at it in a different light too. Um, and not being, you know, so focused, like you were saying on a, a particular thing. So yeah, no, thanks for that clarification. That's that's great. I think, you know, it's definitely, you know, something to think about. Um, you know, a lot of women, like you said, are, set in their ways about, you know, being in control and goal oriented. And this really, you know, allows us to kind of challenge our beliefs and really think about, well, if this isn't really working for us, how else can we look at it? Yeah. So then what would you say is the third mistake? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no problem. And I just want to emphasize that it's not about giving up what we want because I think a lot of women think that in order to be collaborative, we have to give up what we want and kind of compromise, get less of what we want, or settle. 
Um, right. And that's not my experience at all. It's really about, you know, both people getting creative about what would really give us both what we want. And I've just mm. noticed again and again that once couples think that way, uh, it, you know, two minds are better than one. Like, you can really come up with something together. So anyway, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the third mistake is, um, and it's very subtle, but a lot of women don't understand the inherent differences between most men and, and most women. So they misunderstand him and his actions. And then they feel hurt or get angry at him, and then he'll feel unseen and disrespected. And that causes a really big divide where men feel like she doesn't really see me or get me, and that actually really causes him to shut down emotionally because he feels misinterpreted and misunderstood. Um, yeah, you know, I think, I think that's a huge one. Do you think maybe you could say that again one more time? I just, I think that it's so important and so powerful that I think that's something that's so common between couples. Maybe you could just say that one more time. Just we can emphasize yeah, exactly. I mean, I actually love the way Alison Armstrong puts it. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but I know she um, she talks about in her programs that when women see a man, you know, they usually see a bigger, more muscular, more hairy woman. <laughs> Meaning that okay. we we think that men are motivated by the same things women are and that they think right. the same way women do. You know, and that if he's doing something, well, that must mean he doesn't care because if I did that same thing, it would mean I don't care. And Mm -hmm. actually, we don't realize how differently men and women's brains are wired. Just, I mean, even just by how testosterone and estrogen affect the brain differently. And that men are actually motivated by completely different things that most women are. And, you know, they're triggered by, they have different vulnerabilities that women do. And I just think that, I mean, I've seen it again and again, that when we really learn the positive intention behind what he's doing, we stop misunderstanding him. And he feels so much more seen and respected. And then that just gives him so much more passion for us. You know, because most Hmm. men, I I work with so many male clients where he's like, oh, she just doesn't get me. And, you know, I wish she could understand what my needs were and it's like their men's needs are I mean obviously people are people and we all have the same needs but you know men's needs are just their top needs are just different than women's top needs so we right. just misunderstand each other so how can a couple work through that so that they can feel seen and heard and that the woman or the, the feminine energy is picking up on it that doesn't seem like hurtful or that she's not perceptive. Like how, how do they kind of um, get through that? And I think it is just about learning the differences so that you can start seeing him for, you know, what it is that his actions really mean. Um, so that's some of the, one of the things that I teach in my coaching programs is just, and obviously it's a generality, right? Because we're all on a different um, parts of a continuum, but, um, but there are these differences in how men's brains are wired. And that's one of the things I teach in my coaching system. And when women learn this, what happens is that they just start reinterpreting his behavior and appreciating him more for what he's doing. And that is one of men's top needs is to feel appreciated for what he is providing because that makes him want to step up and provide more. So that's why just, you know, having this mindset shift of seeing his actions for what they are just makes the biggest difference. So, I mean, I can talk about some of the basic differences um, between men and women, which is that women have a larger corpus callosum. So that's the part of our brain that enables communication between the logical and intuitive sides. So men's brains are just more compartmentalized. And this is good Mm -hmm. because it really allows him to focus on one thing very deeply and it's one reason why women have an easier time multitasking so even though nobody's like extremely good at it right but men have what's called single focus so they can usually only do one thing at a time so you notice everything that needs to be done around the house for example and you think that he doesn't care because he doesn't notice that like he left his towel on the floor he or he doesn't notice the garbage needs to be taken out and you notice it And you think that he notices it and doesn't care, but his brain is actually built to focus on one thing very deeply. So if he's 
accomplishing something else in the moment, he's literally going to tune everything else out. Like that's just how his brain is wired. And it's also why when he's working or even watching TV and you interrupt him, he gets upset or he seems to not want to talk to you or he doesn't even hear what you're saying. And a lot of women mm. misinterpret this as like, he doesn't listen to me or he doesn't care about what I have to say. And what's actually happening is that it's hard for his brain to switch roles so quickly because men usually have to need to wait until they finish what they're doing to actually even listen to what you're saying. So he's kind of tuning everything else out. Right, right. And so there's just, you know, simple tools that I teach. But when you recognize that, it's like you stop feeling hurt when he's not paying attention to you or you stop feeling disrespected when he doesn't notice that the trash needs to be taken out and you just realize that, like, you need to collaborate around, does he want to be reminded you know, instead of just reminding him because he'll see that as nagging. But what is, how does he want to be reminded because he's not going to notice it? You know, what would be really respectful to him and let him tell you what he wants. But it's like first we have mm-hmm. to realize that he's not going to notice it and he's not wired to notice it, you know. So we stop feeling disrespected when he doesn't and we just, like, learn to work with it, you know, sort of like how we learn to work with the fact that, you know, our, let's say if you start working out, you're not going to be able to run 10 miles the first day. Like, you can build up to it. <laughs> you know, we just have to work with that. Right, right, right. We have to work right. with the limitations of our body. So it's like we have to work with the limitations of the differences that men and women have. Um, and a big one is that men relate to emotions differently. So, of course, men have feelings. But, of course, they're both, um, because they're wired to be, their brains to be compartmentalized, he's actually usually not feeling his feelings. Even though, I mean, it's hard for us women to understand that because usually we're feeling our feelings very strongly. But he usually right, doesn't, right, it's not that right. he doesn't have them. He does have them. But it's like men just need space to feel their feelings. And they actually usually... Um, can't feel their feelings even while, even while they're talking about them. Like they need to kind of pull away and have time to feel their feelings and process them to even be able to talk about it. And so like, you know, we can usually feel our emotions and talk about them and think at the same time. Like we're like, well, of course we can. What, what do you mean you don't know what you think? Or what do you mean you don't know what you feel? You know, we think he's lying. Right. He's trying to evade us, but like actually – It's just that, you know, the listening function and the feeling function and the speaking function, they're all actually different, like, modes in our brain. (laughs) And sometimes men can't do all the things at once. It doesn't mean that he's stupid or that he can't do it. It's actually (laughs) needs to pull away to have time to process everything and come back to you you know, when he's ready. And a lot of, I've seen, and this certainly happened to me when, you know, a man is like, I don't know what I think, or I don't know how I feel. You know, the woman will get mad at him, or I've done this to my partners in the past, you know. And actually, you know, just granting him the space allows him to process his feelings. And then he's doing that because he does care about saying something that is authentic for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and then because he wants to come back to you and tell you what he feels. But because we make him wrong for not knowing or for needing space, then he feels misunderstood. And then he's either going to get angry and critical of you or else he'll feel distant. Like right. He just can't, can't be himself around you. And, you know, then we wonder why he doesn't show us as much attention or affection. And he doesn't necessarily know why he's not. You know, he just mm-hmm. feels like uncomfortable or not seen or or misunderstood so a lot you know the solution to that um which um you know one of the solutions is just literally teaching the differences between men and women which i do in my courses and this just helps to clear up the misunderstandings and then women say oh wow like he's doing that because he does care or you know right um there's a positive reason why. And so when we start appreciating the positive reason why, like if, you know, if, for example, in that example, if I said, oh, you just need space to feel your feelings. Okay, great. Well, 
can we talk about it again tomorrow, you know, and then he feels respected, and then usually he will come back tomorrow, and he'll have this really thought out, like, really clear explanation of what he's feeling and what he wants and what he thinks we should do, and it's, like, even more clearly thought out than what I thought, you know? (laughs) No, that makes Um, sense, definitely. Yeah, so just kind of learning how to harmonize those differences, and so that's one example of it. Um, or, you know, just like I said, asking him, okay, assuming he's not going to see the things that need to be done around the house. And so, like, asking him, you know, how does he want you to relate to him around that? You know, does he want to be reminded? Does he want you to play a game about it? <laughs> you know, men like games. So, like, actually, um, like, being direct in questioning, like, how, you know, how can we talk about or how can I help you, you know, how do you say that then without sounding offensive? Like, how can I help you complete these tasks or just be more like, how can I remind you or how do you, like, how do you go about that? Yeah. I mean, it's more like, you know, kind of taking this teammate approach because even saying like, how can I remind you to complete that is um, a little bit of a managerial. Kind of a nagging, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I would approach him and say something like, Hey, you know, like I would love to be able to work out how we can both do this together. You know, you know how we had that conversation about the chores? Like, I'd love to have this work for both of us, you know? So what do you think we should do about it? Do you want to, you know, can we sit down and have a conversation about that? When's a good time? So it's a really good thing to ask him when's a good time to talk about it because he's usually in the middle of something else. So usually what my partner and I do, we'll schedule a time to talk about it. Um, and I know we're really busy, so, um, I mean, we actually share our calendars and, like, you know, I can put stuff on his calendar, he can put stuff on mine, and we'll, like, <laughs> schedule where we, when we were talking about it. But we'll sit down and we'll just be like, hey, you know, what are we both committed to? We're, like, we're both committed to the place being really beautiful and so that we both feel relaxed and so that, you know, when we have guests over, they admire our beautiful home, you know, and they feel really taken care of. So it's, like, you kind of set the intention of what you both want, and then and then you can be like, well, well, what do you think is the best way to have that happen? You know, so let's create a game out right, of it. Right, right. Okay. So it's kind of, yeah, that's great. You know, you're, you're empowering him to share what he wants, but then it's not blindly following. I mean, if you don't like his suggestions, then you can be like, okay, but he wants his thoughts to right. be respected because one of men's top needs is to feel respected, you know, so a lot of times we'll kind of argue with him, well, I don't like that, and he hears that as disrespect. So I think it's really, really important to just see that need and so to be like, oh, okay, that's a good idea. Um, but here's something that might not work about it. Can we address that? Or, you know, um, I like that idea, and here's something that wouldn't work for me. What can we do about that? You know, so you're – bringing up your concerns or, you know, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. opinions, but you're not um, contradicting his. You're not having a, you know, you're looking at it as you're on his team. I think that's the thing that men really look for um, in order for that conversation to go well. And what I've seen happen, and I certainly used to do this, we don't even realize it because we're just like kind of being on the debate team. Um you know, because this is maybe how we learn to communicate and to be like, well, that won't work, or I don't like this. And then he really feels deflated because it seems like right. we're arguing him. And then he won't want to have the conversation. So it's just very subtle, but um, there's a really key skill here. And the key skill that I want to share with women is that what men are really inspired by is our feelings because this is the one thing that they don't get enough of in their lives. So remember um, in the beginning when I was talking about, you know, masculine feminine energy and that right, men right, right. could also use more of the feminine in themselves, you know, because this is what makes us feel more balanced. Not that he becomes a feminine, um, but, you know, just that he has permission to feel his feelings. Because, you know, when you think about it, when men hang out with each other, they're not usually talking about their feelings. <laughs> right. <You know>? right. <laughs> um, but he has feelings. And so when we share our feelings, it gives him permission to feel his. And that's what he's really looking for 
in a feminine partner, is somebody that brings him into his heart. And most of the ways that we've been taught to express our feelings actually subtly make him feel uh, inadequate. Um, Because one of the key differences between men and women is our core vulnerabilities. So most women tend to be scared that he doesn't really love you. I've just found that to be women's number one vulnerability. I mean, would you find, do you feel like that's probably true? Oh, yeah. I, you know, when you think about like people's self esteem and, you know, like maybe concerns around trust, you know, and you have that doubt and fear. Yeah, I agree that that would probably be probably a more common uh, mindset or belief. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we're just talking about our core fears. So, I mean, we all have them. And obviously, we don't want to focus on our fears. But I think most women, and what I found is most women are most scared that he doesn't really love us. But that's not men's biggest fear. Most men's biggest fear is that he'll be a failure in terms of what he does. Like he won't be successful at doing the things that he's committed to doing. And one of the things he's committed to doing as your partner is making you happy, is really providing, you know, the things for his wife or girlfriend that makes her happy. And so if women share their feelings in a way that implies that he's doing something wrong, his nervous system usually can't handle that and he'll just kind of shut down. He doesn't want to hear how he's doing it wrong. And that's usually, you know, how we've been taught to share our feelings. Um, So, you know, if we share our feelings like, well, I'm just feeling, even if we say out of the blue, um, one of the quotes that I like from one of my teachers is that men's emotions are like women's sexuality. You can't be too direct too quickly. <laughs> um, so if we just share our feelings out of the blue, like I'm sad or I'm scared. It's like he doesn't necessarily know where to what to do with that, and he's scared that right, we're right. doing something wrong, and he'll just shut down. So men really need to be prepared to hear our feelings, and then if he's really properly set up for it. You know, and especially if he knows what it provides for us, then he's totally willing to do it. But it's like otherwise he feels sort of blindsided. Um, So there's a really key skill that we need to learn about how to share our feelings in a way that doesn't make him wrong, but it invites him deeper into that feminine openness and receptivity. And then he finds it easier to access his emotions and then that really opens mm-hmm. his heart, and that endears him to you. So when you really show your feelings in an inspiring way instead of a critical way, that's when he really feels like he can cherish you for who you are instead of what you're doing. You know, because that's what men usually really want is to adore his woman for who she is. And so when you share your feelings in a way that's not making him wrong, and really invite him into a deeper sense of intimacy, which is into me see. Um, sort of like I did when I was talking about what it would provide for me to have the bathroom clean, you know, and I was saying, oh, right. it's just so relaxed and replenished, and then I would just feel like I could connect with you more deeply. You know, so what that does is that he sees that you're secure in yourself, you know, because you're secure in the sense of self-assuredness. You know, that you trust that your needs are important, but you're not being demanding about them. So that actually Mm. makes him want to provide that experience for you. And, you know, especially when we share our positive feelings often and appreciate him for what he is doing for you, that just fuels his passion for you. Because then he'll really feel pumped up and want to do more. And so this kind of allowing a man to please us and really making sure to communicate all the ways that he does please us, even if it's like these little things like, okay, why should I have to appreciate him for getting up to go to work in the morning? Of course, he's supposed to do that, right? But it's like, right. sort of notice, like, oh, my God, you know, you worked so hard today. That takes so much focus and effort. I know you must feel exhausted, but I just want to let you know. I mean, yeah, I work really hard too, but like that, it takes a lot of focused commitment to do that. I just want to let you know how much I appreciate it. It's like I think a lot of times we're scared of um, 
building up his ego, like he's already got too strong of an ego. Um, but when we appreciate him for everything that he's providing and just let him know how that makes us feel secure and taken care of, it actually endears him to us and it makes him, it's what gives him the fuel to be able to do more and then we can actually allow him to do more and that he'll step up and do more and we don't have to do as much because he wants to be that provider. Right. But that's also what inspires so, him to want to step up and, and make a deeper commitment to us. Yeah. No, sorry, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. No, 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 that's okay. I'm sorry. I'm just wondering, so then how would she go about, like, expressing a concern instead without it making it sound like it's critical or, you know, offensive to him? Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I do want to, I mean, we have 10 minutes left, I know, and so I'm, I'm totally happy to address that question. Um, and I also want to let you know that, um, so that e-guide that I mentioned in the beginning, it's called the Manifest Lasting Love e-guide. I have actually a five-step conversation that I teach in that e-guide in detail about oh. how to share your feelings in a way that inspires him. And I have... Um, you know, fill in the blanks and, like, examples in there. But I'm happy to share examples now, too. I just want to let women know that if they want, you know, if they don't want to have to sit down and take notes, <laughs> you can download that. Right, uh, right. You guys no, that's the, perfect. The five-step manifest lasting love conversation. And um, that is at my website, forward slash e-guide. Um, but I'm happy to talk about it now, too. So basically... Um, the way to share a concern, because it's true, if you just sort of blindside him with a concern, he'll usually hear that you don't trust him. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's what he hears, and we're like, well, I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. They're like, don't worry. Or, you know, like, why are you worrying? Stop that, or that's not going to help, or whatever it is that he says, you know, because that's just how men talk to each other. Um, and he doesn't realize that that's making, you know, that we interpret that as that he's dismissing us because that's not just not the way that women talk to each other. Um, mm-hmm. We really want to be heard for our concerns. Um, what works is, first of all, to set him up for the conversation. Um, so if we approach the conversation where we're like, hey, honey, I really want to share something with you that will help me feel more connected to you, and I really just want you to listen to me and not tell me what to do, not give me advice, just listen to my feelings, and that will help me to feel better. So is this a good time or when when's a good time to have that conversation? So you're letting him know what the conversation would provide for you. You know, so then he's right. like, got it. Right. You know, all I have to do is listen. Great. You know, I can do that. <laughs> um, but right. it, it allows him to, you know, to – take his focus and give you his focus because you might not have it in that moment. And that's why he's sort of like feeling blindsided and being like, why are you concerned? Don't be like that. It's just that he doesn't, he hasn't given you his full attention then, you know? So when we make time, first of all, to have that conversation, then he can make sure he's giving you his full attention, you know? And then if you just tell him, what it will provide for you to listen, then he's usually happy to just listen, you know. But you have to let him know what you want, because otherwise he'll probably try to problem solve and tell you not to feel that way. Right, um, right. So then you can say, you know, hey, I'm concerned about something. Um, you know, this happened um, a couple of months ago, actually, with me and my partner, because um, they, um, there was a smoke alarm in the kitchen, but not the bedroom. And what would happen is it would, like, go off when we were cooking. And so a lot of times, um, sure, you know, it, we would, like, just take it off the wall and forget to put it back on, and then we didn't have a smoke detector, you know. So <laughs> I did. I sat him down, and I had this conversation, and I shared what it, my feelings and, and what it would provide for me, right? So that's the essence of really sharing it, what, what we want, to share our feelings without making them wrong, and then to share what, what we want would provide for us. So I told him, mm-hmm. you know, I feel scared because, you know, a lot of times we don't have a smoke detector and what, what would happen if, you know, there was a fire in the middle of the night and there's no smoke alarm in our bedroom and, 
you know, so it's really important for me to have peace of mind and, and to feel safe, and that would help me to go to sleep easier, and I think I'd fall asleep faster, and, you know, I would wake up feeling more refreshed and have more energy, and this is really important to me, so what can we do about that? And, um, you know, he was saying, well, you know, I have it on my list of things to do to get a smoke detector, but I haven't made time for it, and it's important. And so I was like, okay, great. Well, you know, I want to collaborate with you. So, like, how can we work, you know, how can we work together to, to make it more of a priority? And he was just like, oh, okay, great. Let me think about that. And he actually did. He bumped it up to his priority list. And then I actually saw why he had it made it more of a priority because he's committed to researching, like, the best thing to get for everything. Mm-hmm. He spent, like, right, an hour right. researching and realized the one we have, there's actually two different kinds of smoke detectors, and the one we had was not the most effective kind. And so then he had to, like, right. search, you know, all of the – and he actually wound up buying, like, interconnected smoke detectors that, like, talk to each other so that, you know, if one goes oh. in the kitchen, it, like, alerts the one in the bedroom that there's a fire in the oh, kitchen, you know. So it was like, but it took him like a couple of hours to figure all that out. So I was like, oh, I can see why he didn't prioritize that, you know. Um, right. But he did. And then the next week, you know, they came in the mail. Um, so it was really sharing my feelings and what it, provide, what it would provide for me and then asking him what he thinks about that and then asking him to help me brainstorm how we can solve it, you know, and what does he need in order for it to get done. Um and then he was right. just like, oh, great, you know, let's make that happen. And, I mean, I think he might have even asked me, like, if I could do something for him so we'd have the time, and, you know, we just collaborated. So I think that that's just obviously a small example. But I think in the past I might have been, like, just, you know, blindsiding him or complaining that it hadn't gotten done. Right. Hey, right, you know, you right. said that you would get a smoke detector and you haven't, or, you know, like – I really think that we should do this, you know, why aren't we doing it? And I would have just complained about it in the past. And it's just, you know, learning the differences between the way men's brains work and the way women's brains work that usually, I mean, if a woman complains to another woman, we kind of hear the need underneath, you know. it's We don't really, like, take it as so much of a insult. But since men are just trained in our culture, too, to be more goal-oriented and to be right. more problem-solvers. When they hear someone complain, they actually feel disrespected. Like, you know, she, what, she's not trusting me to do it or, you know, oh, she's just being annoying. Um, so I know that it seems like work to learn a different way of communicating, but like I said, I've seen it again and again that when we make these simple mindset shifts and these simple shift in our communication and makes such a huge difference in his desire to do things for us and to have deeper romantic feelings for us and to plan more and, you know, to be more romantic and to sweep us off our feet, so to speak. So I've just found that. Right. Yeah. No, I think, you know, I think that's terrific. Um, It is a mindset that, you know, I think people have to adapt to and, the truth of it is, is that if it's important to kind of reignite that relationship, then, you know, you have to kind of evaluate what's the cost if I don't try to look at it differently and try to adapt a different mindset or belief system about it. You know, and for, for someone that sees it as a priority, they are going to go ahead and, you know, really make a conscious effort to, you know, think and, you know, that kind of that collaborative effort about, you know, working for both uh, partners, you know, for their the best interest um, so yeah, this was fantastic. This was just terrific. Um, I really think there was so much, uh, value and worth and everything that you talked about. And thank you much for sharing that e-guide with us too, um, where we can look at those, uh, great skills and steps. Um, I think this is just amazing. And I'm so glad we had a, a chance to do this and the opportunity to help our listeners, you know, um, think about, kind of what is and isn't working in their relationship and then being able to think about what they can do and really kind of assess their situation and how they can uh, challenge their mindset about what's going on too. Um, But if you want to go ahead and kind of just end with your website one last time um, and maybe your email again, and then um, we'll close for the night. Thanks. And this has been so much fun. And just thank you for, you know, 
talking about all this with me because it's my favorite thing to do. Um, so yeah, yeah. That um, my website is Coach Valerie V I L E R I E Green, like the color with an ethn dot com, and you can get that e guide at just forward slash e guide and. That's where you can download the five-step manifest lasting love conversation um, that I talked about on how to share your feelings in a way that inspires him. And, um, yeah, I'd love to receive people's questions and just chat with anyone who wants to talk about how they can make their relationship more enjoyable and rewarding. So you would just email me at Valerie at CoachValerieGreen.com. So that should be easy to remember. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much. And again, this is Coach Gina Sinasarda with Peace, Joy, and You. And this is the uh, Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. We thank you so much for listening in. And I know without a doubt that you guys have received a wealth of information about how to benefit your relationship and increase that emotional intimacy that everybody really wants in a relationship. And uh, we say goodbye to you, and thank you so much for being in our conversation. Bye-bye. Bye.